Hello and welcome, dear listeners. This is another action movie landfill. Uh, a little spin-off of the Odd Job Pod because we enjoyed uh, just so much doing the uh, early 90s action films that replaced the uh, James Bond movies that we thought, you know, let's carry the strand on a little bit. It deserves its own spin-off because there's so much great and not so great action movies around. Um, and with that, we're going to come to uh, probably one that bookends the, the edge of, uh, of the timing that we were, have set ourselves for action movie land. But we're very much uh, stuck in the 90s here, but we do go a little bit into the noughties. Um, you know, you can't talk about action movies without talking about the stake. Jason Statham, the, uh, the British answer to Vin Diesel. Uh, not a question that anybody would have necessarily thought of asking, but uh, there you go. Uh, lock, stock, snatch, and then into uh, the transporter, which uh, arguably launched the state's career into the into the stratosphere, or at least into the um, very much muscles on screen uh, genre. So yes. We are going to discuss the transporter. We uh, we have relocated. Uh, well, we'd have liked to have relocated to the south of France for this, but uh, sadly budgets didn't allow. But uh, I'm sure we can all eat a, a, a madeleine and uh, get some milk delivered to us and have a nice stroll along Nice's promenade while we're uh, talking about this, or at least imagine so, in our minds. Um, hope you're going to enjoy this. I think we've got a lot of interesting takes in here um, because, yeah. The Transporter may be a movie that uh, divides the uh, action movie um, listenership in here. But I'm joined, as ever, to uh, to ruminate over the state and his rise to uh, become the state. At this point, I think he was really just Jason Statham. Uh, Graham Sibley, Terry DeFellin. How are we both, gentlemen? Very well, thank you, Gary. And I'm bursting, bursting with some takes on on, on The Transporter. It's uh, it, It's been a fantastic watch. Terry, how bursting are you with takes? Yeah, I am also full of full of takes and, and looking forward to helping to expand the um, Odd Job Pod uh, extended universe. Uh, uh, while at the same time, you know, passing judgment on the state's ascension or should that be ascension to the stratosphere? Because uh, obviously the transport is a French film. It's made by Frenchies. Don't you know? The stratosphere, I think, I think is the is where it where it, <laughs> yes it has um uh, and i'm sure we'll get into this but uh, i i've seen numerous french films and i just love the uh, the trope of the uh, old haggard downbeat and cynical detective that uh, um probably shouldn't be there and uh, that to me is is a joy but we'll we'll get into uh, that at some point um because graham let's let's start and let's put the state or the stratosphere in uh, context. Um, this came out in, in 2002. Um, and that was quite a year for action films. Um, you know, you had The Bourne Identity that came out, which arguably uh, redefined what uh, uh, what an action film could be. And then you've also got on the, uh, the other end of the scale, you have Die Another Day, which we haven't uh, yet got to on the podcast for reasons of PTSD. Um, but Graham, this is like this is coming off the back of the the great run of, of action films in the '90s, and yet this was a, a pretty big year for for action films in itself. How do you feel the kind of transporter fits into the the time that it, it arrives in the cinemas? Well, I must say I'm a late arriver to to the transporter. I didn't see it uh, at, at the cinema. I haven't seen I I didn't see it for years after it came out. So for me, I've got to look back to think about how how it fit in with all those other films. And really, by that time, I was pretty much jaded with action films myself, I must admit. This is, if we look back at that time, this is when the Marvel stuff is just about coming out, isn't it? You've, you've got X-Men and Spider-Man have come out. I think 2002, you're seeing Spider-Man 2 maybe coming out. I think that's around that sort of time. So there's a new direction for action films. But of course, there is obviously still a space there for films like the transporter and obviously there is because it 
I wouldn't say the transporter is a pivot point in transfer in in, in uh, action films, but there re- there are certain films that come after tra- Transporter, um, and maybe this is also the last or at the end of a certain type of other type of action films. But it's such a mishmash, isn't it? This one, this is sort of like Kung Fu. Um, it's got that Hong Kong uh, sort of school director here. Uh, but it's made in France. It's got Luc Besson writes it. Um, it feels really French, and yet it's got this former diver um, <laughs> as a, in the starring role. Um, you know, not exactly acting. He turns up, does lots of jumping around and hitting the people, and does it really, really well. Um, but it all comes across in one big piece. It's put together beautifully and. For an hour and a half, I mean, of eating popcorn, I don't think you can go really, you can't go wrong with this one. It is, <laughs> if you go in there expecting just to see a, a, a film about someone in some ludicrous fight scenes and load of, loads and loads of Tom and Jerry violence, then you will not be disappointed with The Transporter. Yeah, Terry. I mean, most of the films I think that we've, we've discussed in the action movie landfill or, or the kind of odd job pod spin-off, of films that are very much rightly considered classics of their genre. Um, I'm not quite sure whether you could call The Transporter a classic of its genre. It seems to average about uh, a, a solid five and a half out of ten on the internet as well. Um, and obviously the internet is never wrong about anything. Um, but yeah, it's. can you see how, how this is? this essentially launched a franchise, really, off the back of it? Um, and I still find that a little bit bit baffling um, because it is such a it it stands out as being a little bit of a, a weird anomaly, but also one that because of, of how many different types of of genres it kind of crams in. And yet, when you look at some of the other films that that came out around the same time, for me, and I don't know how you feel about it, I I can see why audiences might well have gone. Well, that was fun. I'm going to pay to see another one of them. The, the transporter looks like it is a failed sub-sub-genre of European action films. Do you remember those kind of like, like Italian variety westerns and action war movies that they had during the 1970s? Movies like Codename Wild Geese and stuff like that. And they had a specific sub-sub-sub-sub-sub-genre. And the transporter looks like it's an attempt to do that. It's an attempt to make a European Hong Kong martial arts film and establish itself as a genre. And I don't think it succeeded in doing that, although it did obviously kick off a very successful franchise. Because it's, it's a very, it's a, it's, there's a, it's a high-octane action movie, but resolutely and beautifully low-budget as well, it's got to be said. You, you could actually yeah. say it kick-started two franchises because, uh, obviously, a few years later, you got Luc Besson and, uh, and uh, Robert Mark Kamen, the, the guys who wrote this, also go on to write Taken as well, which was another successful action. Yeah, the ven- the Vengeful Dad uh, subgenre that was specific to Liam Neeson, it should be said, but yes, yeah. <laughs> the angry angry middle-aged man goes out and kills everybody. <laughs> like, which, you know, is something that people, for some reason, a specific demographic can relate to. I wonder why. <laughs> Where's my axe? <laughs> yes. It's definitely no uh, Michael Douglas and falling down in the Angry Man genre. <laughs> it's a, it's a very different. No, 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 that's no, that's not a genre. That's a that's a different movie altogether. No, I know what you're saying. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I've I've got very mixed feelings about the Transporter, but ultimately, um, I I quite enjoy it. And part of that reason, I think, is for me, I've got a very soft spot for um, Luke Besson films and Luke Besson, where or Luke where Luke Besson was had. Uh, some form of involvement. Um, and uh, Graham, I think it's probably fair to say that Luke Besson doesn't always get it right. But there is there is certainly something about a Luke Besson involvement that you know you're going to get at least one brilliantly ridiculous scene, no matter how how far-fetched or how ropey everything hangs together. And let's be fair, the transporter has more than one beautifully ridiculous scene in it. This is exactly what I was saying about the the Tom and Jerry violence in it. Um, Yeah, beautifully ridiculous. I think I'm... 
I don't know. I'm going to look at your faces right now because I can see you both, and and I'm 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 going to think of a beautifully ridiculous scene, and let's see if you're thinking of the same one. Um, oiled up in the bus depot fight. How's that one? Yeah, are we are we going for that one? I think we are. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to well, get you know, into that. Or... I have a thing for public transport. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the bus sequence for me the just bu- about shades the it. The bus sequence. We're yeah. talking cigarette paper. Oh, oh, cigarette how, how, how about uh, axes in the corridor? Axes in the corridor. It's a is a, is amazing. Yeah, but the, the, all those set piece sequences are 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 amazing, uh, and and but also beautifully choreographed and 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 i don't know whether or not to bring this up now but it, it it's one of the themes of the film yeah. is con, is confinement, confinement. and oh, restriction yeah. yeah and 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 it's reflected throughout most of the movie and it only actually starts to only towards the end when up until this point all of the protagonists have been within confined spaces whether they be in their head emotionally psychologically or physically um and then in, only in the end it, it broadens out and opens up when he when when frank gets a plane uh, and it's the bad guys who then become constricted because they're on the narrow roads driving their trucks and and and, and they're the ones and it's so and, it, and 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 it transposes the fortunes of the two sets of the two the two sides um uh, really really well and and it it works incredibly well i mean corridor fights are great uh i mean i mean obviously they got legitimized by the daredevil season one but they have they are not then they're they're, they're they're an old trope but but it, fights in combined spaces are absolutely fantastic that's why we love boxing even though we hate it we love it right it, it's it, it's that sense of constriction and it plays beautifully into the narrative of the film and of course it plays beautifully into the budget of the film as well Gary, I, yeah. I wonder if that if that's anything down to um, the fact of it, of its of its Hong Kong roots or or it, it's its Far Eastern roots, where Hong Kong is, is very sort of constricted, overpopulated, small zone, and or whether or not that just just comes across in the films that that they that they produce. Yeah, I mean it's it's <clears throat> it's definitely an interesting take on it because yeah, you've got that whole you know you you can sit down and pretty much watch a Hong Kong action film and it, you'd probably have the same reaction as a transporter a lot of those those kind of films are they're perfectly good popcorn middling low budget and obviously you've got um you know director here is is a veteran of of many hong kong films you can see that that kind of influence of um jackie chan that comes out there funnily enough the tuxedo was out in the same year um, and I remember watching, I haven't seen that since I saw it at the cinema, but I remember thinking, really not liking that film. I actually thought it was quite a bad film. Um, I don't know if my opinion may have changed of that, but I really, I, I just really went, that wasn't a very good film at all. But there are some, you know, you, this is the kind of point where you have got um, these action heroes, you know, they, they've started to kind of trans, transpose and become a bit more westernized because you had um, Jackie Chan and, and um Owen Wilson, obviously, doing their their shtick together, which was in you know Shanghai Nights, which was actually quite funny. I, I quite enjoyed those films. I've also, I've got a, a, a bit of a, an enjoyment of Owen Wilson comedies as well. He normally does a good job of, of lifting anything. Um, but yeah, when it comes to to the transporter, you can kind of you can really see the the kind of Hong Kong action movie element the kung fu element come through probably stronger um if the first half of the movie or the first like i would say probably kind of quarter of the third of the movie is very much european in its sensibility once we properly get into the action sequences you know once state starts kicking down the door of the of the bad guy's house and that's when you've got fight scene after fight scene that's pretty much where I think it's the European bit starts moving a bit more into the background and you're getting a bit more into the, the Hong Kong side of things. And it's it's a bit of a shift, but it, it's not a necessarily a bad one. And then by the time you've got to the final bit, you're going all out kind of action side of things. Funnily enough, the um, as I was watching the watching it again with the. Uh, with the trucks, I was like, I've got a little bit of um, a license to kill feel here of hopping over, hopping over trucks and the action sequences in there. And obviously, that's a fantastic sequence overall. Um, it, there's just a lot to enjoy about the chore- choreography in here. Um, and so, yeah, it, 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 you can definitely feel that 
throughout the film. You can feel the influences all the way into there. And uh, there was it also reminded me of the corridor scene. And I think it was a year later. I don't know if either of you have seen uh, a film called Old Boy at all. Um, that was a year later. Yeah. Yeah, that was a year later. And that has a brutal corridor sequence. Um, genuinely brutal. It's quite a, a brutal film. Uh, certainly nothing like the transporter at all. But again, you can kind of see that continually come back and come back again. And yeah, the part of it is because it's it's not a particularly high budget film. But at the same point, it's handled really, really well. Um, one of the things that I, I found interesting as well, that shift between European to, to Hong Kong. Um, Terry, in the first like quarter when we're introduced to, to Frank, we're introduced to his rules, we've got quite an interesting character and a very great car chase, very European way of, of kind of doing it. Um, watching it back again, I was kind of struck going, you feel that this actually is something really interesting with his character, and then it becomes a bit more derivative. But you could see where potentially with a, a bigger budget or even a better scriptwriter, they could have probably done something really interesting with with the Frank Martin character beyond just turning him into uh, another sort of uh, paint-by-numbers action hero by the end of it. He's a really interesting character on paper, uh, but uh, but the, the paper that they use is not the paper that they use to write the script, sadly. Um, it, 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 I mean, this is his ex-Special Forces, we assume, from the United Kingdom, although his accent at the beginning <laughs> is like, are you trying to be American? What are you trying to do? I mean, it does straighten out during during the course of the movie or my ears become attuned to its odd twang that he's got but he's initially he's, he's speaking and it's, it's really jarring anyway i'm deviating he is it does come through slightly in the narrative of the film that he is a disillusioned former soldier special forces soldier and he's a man who has clearly you know been trained to do horrible things to people but he's been doing them for the good guys if you want to describe the british army and indeed the British state as the good guys, but let's for the, you know, it's a James Bond podcast. Let's, let's, let's go with that. And then he's become disillusioned. So presumably something has happened. And then in order to be able to continue to, to make a living and a decent living, he's had to turn to crime. Um, so he's a good man doing bad things. And that's where his rules come from as well. Ultimately, this is why, um, uh, uh, Wall Street doesn't trust him and probably why Wall Street decides to, to, to kill him because he has rules. And he says, oh, he's a good guy. He's not one of us. He wouldn't have rules if he was one of us. He has constraints on his character just to, uh, and his behaviour because otherwise he would do the right thing. And so therefore he is dangerous and he has, and he has to go. But very little of that actually genuinely comes through in the narrative. This is stuff that you can infer if, like me, you choose to think more deeply about this film far more deeply than it deserves to be honest with you well i don't know that's not fair it's a really enjoyable movie and and so so there is there was stuff to to, to to get out of it so yeah he's a really interesting character but i mean because it's at the beginning of the stage's wonderful career uh you know he's it, it, the acting and i and yes i suspect also I mean, we, we you know blame the scriptwriters. Luke Besson knows how to write a decent script, but if he's working with an actor who has very very poor range, then you know he's he's you know he maybe he needs to be you know a little bit less ambitious with the with the script. Um, is all I is all I can think. I mean, interestingly, you know his arc is interesting, but the the, the story Graham is actually. The story is about the female character is about is about uh, Lai Kwai, yeah, uh, played by Shu Kui. She, she she's the main protagonist in this movie. Her arc is the key arc in in this film. Yeah, certainly, and uh, and of course she, she's the one with the more sort of, with the more pivots because uh, Frank has these rules in place you know how he's going to react to things and you know when and it takes a lot of build-up for him to to break those rules and break character and do something different with her she's the more chaotic element of it uh you don't really quite know what she's going to do in a scene well of course you do she she hasn't got that much depth but um you know <laughs> it, it, very very but she is very much and it, it, it's quite heartening for me because I look back at this and and she is like the 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 archetypal 
80s action movie girl, isn't she there? I mean, like, you can imagine her, um, you know, having a flying lesson in Commando, can't you? It it is that that, that, that sort sort of level of... But, yeah, no, she comes in, uh, Shukai, she's one of the biggest biggest stars in Chinese uh, cinema and and uh, I think this was uh, she only did one other role I think in western cinema uh, and I think that was um, oh it was the anthology film uh, I Love You New York I think it was um, but yeah that's that's the only other I think western film she she's done uh, but she turns up she um, she obviously she goes through the dialogue I, I, she's not great in it um, but she acts well. She acts well. She doesn't deliver the dialogue well, but I don't think a lot of people do deliver the dialogue well. Maybe I didn't set up my, my sound system right, but a, a lot of the, the dialogue is muddied with the, with the music in this. And uh, I sound like an old fart for saying that, but, but I, mean, I don't care in, in an action film because really the dialogue is, is pretty meaningless anyway. It just strings together the next action scene. So, so I let it pass on this one. But, but yeah, you've got lots of people with lots of varying accents and and especially Jason Statham, because I don't know, you're right, Terry, I don't know what he was doing in the first reel. Um, <laughs> it, it's, uh, it, it was certainly something, maybe it's part of his cover, maybe it's like like throwing like, like confusion around. <laughs> I think that's probably it. Yeah, depth, depth, that's what we're talking about. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to like, yeah, make, make people second guess it. And yeah. <laughs> but it's, there's, there's, I think the point is, is that there's, you know, what, what she is trying to do is she's defying her father. She's presumably destined for a life in organised crime and people trafficking. She's destined to join the family business. She's, and again, you can infer this slightly from the, somewhat from a few lines from the script. She's, she's, she's gone to university, probably got some values, come back and gone, this is awful and I'm going to stop this. And she ends up being punished and you know, uh, coerced and and and, and literally <laughs> stuffed into bags and into the back of cars. And I mean, what they plan on doing with her is a little bit ambiguous. I've never been entirely certain what they were planning on doing, whether they were going to kill her or whether they were going to, I don't know, sort of like try and persuade her to to just uh, do the do stay with the family. Again, maybe I'm thinking too much about this, but it, I mean, interesting. The, Roger Ebert pointed this out. The, the noted late film critic Roger Ebert, when he reviewed this movie, he said that there is actually a missed opportunity here. There is some there is some potential depth to the film, which is not explored. And that is a little bit disappointing, but only, you know, I mean, it would it's still primarily, primarily, primarily an action film. And, you know, we would never want to go too far out of there anyway. But the truly great action films are the ones that, that when they see depth and potential for depth and subtext and, 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 and something else that they do round it out a little bit. And, and and the transport doesn't doesn't do that, but that's still there's enough there for you to give a toss about the characters, and that's the main thing because otherwise the it's, the film would be unwatchable then. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, and and Gary, I I, I wonder if you if, if you would as well. But I I think if we look at the last film we discussed, um, Lethal Weapon, which which does have depth, it has areas where mm-hmm. there is introspection there, and of course it does have a scene where where two people get very muddy and uh, and have a fight. So so it, there is room. So it doesn't mean to say that transporter with a bit of depth means you have to get rid of the old up fight scene. Yeah, uh, there's the one thing that really, or, or there's a couple of things that really stuck out to me that don't work quite as well with a transporter. Although, uh, again, always caveated with it is just if you just want to sit there and eat popcorn and have a very enjoyable hour and a half without engaging your brain it does an excellent job of that but yeah i i totally see what roger Ebert means because there is there is a lot of opportunity in there um you know when we first see frank and the setup is really intriguing like the the first the first reel where you've got frank you've got the car chase you're just like this could be an absolutely brilliant film um and then when you get the inspector come in so like the first the first third where it's it's totally in its european roots um like that's just an absolute joy um and then i think part of the problem is they start getting into a little bit more plotting and dialogue uh two crucial things for a film and it starts (laughs) to just unravel a little bit um there's kind of elements that you know and again 
like Luke Besson has done some fantastic films. You've got Leon, you've got The Fifth Element, obviously, in the, in the 90s, which um, I think are two just 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 marvelous movies. Um, but you've also realized in here that he probably needs somebody who can balance up some of his his kind of, uh, I guess, kind of. I'm trying to think of the right word. Not necessarily failures, but probably some of his weaker spots or rein in some of his his kind of slightly more excessive ideas who can kind of give it a good bit of pacing. And you kind of, uh, I, I have a feeling this might become a bit of a theme throughout action movie landfill. But can you imagine if this had been Luke Besson teamed up with Chris Wood to write that script? <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. I, yeah. I think this is a film that we would have wanted to have, you know, we wouldn't just be talking about, um, you know, it, it's a, it's an incredibly enjoyable action film, albeit with a lot of flaws to it. Like, it has the opportunity for humour, which is missed, and it has an opportunity for depth, which is missed. And if we look back at, at our previous podcast, which was Lethal Weapon, and again, Shane Black does that kind of, that rapid pace really well, but Shane Black is, is very good with dialogue and doesn't need much to establish the characters. Whereas I kind of always feel with Besson is that he's got a really, really good idea, often quite kind of high concept ideas that, that don't require a lot of fleshing out. But um, if it's not fully formed without the right person in there, it can just kind of wander off a little bit. It's never necessarily going to be dull, but it is going to sometimes be bits where you're just like, yeah, let, let's not try and, and read too much into this or let's not try and, and get too far it, into some of those elements because, you know, the plot doesn't hang, hang together brilliantly. Um, it, it's there, there's enough there, but you feel it could have done a bit more. The dialogue's not great um, at times as well, but... There is an awful lot to to enjoy in here. And I feel for me, that's where, um, you know, that's where probably it falls down a little bit. If you've got a, a good writer that was sat in here, I actually think even with the same budget and the same actors, you could probably have taken this up to, to another level. It has that potential to go um, not necessarily bigger, but it has a potential to be slightly better um, just by doing what you, you said, Terry, in terms of filling out that that bit around the side that suddenly adds a little bit more depth, which is hinted at at the very start. If it had been um, a B studio, a Hollywood studio, making this movie for a similar kind of budget, they would have they would have found one of the numerous script doctors who were sitting out in the streets on Hollywood Boulevard begging for money and got them in and done and and done a refresh of that and added some humor into that but this is a french film um and the and and they don't a french film that is scripted in english they don't have necessarily uh, won't have an abundance of native english speaking scriptwriters well robert mark Kamen is is american so so you, you would think he wrote the karate kid so you would think he would have have been sure. you. but but yeah i can see what you mean they, they might have got someone else who who would have had a bit more um humor in, in, in their back locker to 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 bring someone into... in the studio would have said this this movie's great it but needs a the treatment script is great but yeah. it's just a bit dry like we've yeah. got some humor in it yeah you know, frank comes from a relatively long line of of non-actors who go on to act, you know, I mean, in our own, you know, native franchise, you know, we, we, you know, one of our most celebrated movies is from a guy who couldn't act and, it, and, and it gets by because of good script writing amongst other things. Arnold Schwarzenegger's early career, her whole career is based upon his one-liners and those one-liners were given to him because he, not a great actor. So they gave him some cracking, sizzling one-liners to, 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 to get past that. And he went on and become... And all he had to do was nail those. And, for, you know, Stace doesn't have that luxury, sadly, in this movie. And so that's a bit of a missed opportunity, is, is I guess all I'm saying. Oh, no, certainly, certainly. He, he, he doesn't... There, there isn't a, uh, a he, he doesn't turn to camera and say I'm the transporter, and that, um, <laughs> which would be awesome. Which I would mean, be that's awesome. All yeah. would, that's all I'm asking for. <laughs> yeah, where's my fee? Come on. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it, that, it, it doesn't have that, but it's an hour and a half as well. I, th I think it was cut down for for violent. The the, the, the court now they they cut out with you just just, just more just more punching and, and and kicking and and kicks to the knackers, uh, but. Yeah, I, I 
yeah, you could have had some more story there, but I think really, I think with with the cast they've got there, they they couldn't have got it. It, it would have been, been a completely different film. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with the cast. I think you have the 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 haggard old um, Inspector Dreyfus type character um, <laughs> there uh, is brilliant, and he's so French. He's so so French. It's it's superb, and the fact it's in Nice as well is is, is fantastic. Um, uh, though he really should have taken that that drive to to Avignon. I've I've done that drive myself, and it's fantastic. It's it's, it's lovely. Um, they they could have added an extra half an hour to to this film, and I wouldn't have complained. I thought it would have been brilliant. But, but there are some some weird cuts in it. I think that things like uh, the death of Wall Street in it is 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 really underplayed. And and obviously because the fact that him going under the wheels of the of the of the of the truck is is cut from the from from the edit that I saw. So I suspect we watched the PG thirteen cut on Disney Plus, uh, which yeah was which which is not yeah yeah exactly the original cut. I've got a DVD copy of this movie, which I think is the original one, which I think is the is is, is a tad more violent. But yeah, I remember thinking, oh, that's a bit jarring. I don't remember that, but yeah. But can we can we reflect a little bit more on um, Francois Berlion, Tarco- Inspector Tarconi? I mean, I don't. I've watched a bit of French cinema, but and but he, not that much. He he looks like a classic French cinema trope. Yeah. I mean, without ever having seen him, you just think this kind of character has appeared in about a million French films and TV shows. Am I am I right in thinking that? Il est un flic. Yeah, for me, it's it's one of those bits, and I think I part of me I wonder if that's some. Well, I, I know that it's part of the enjoyable nature is that you've got that classic French. Uh, policeman trope that's in there and like you say Terry you probably you know I wouldn't imagine that the audience for a transporter has necessarily that well versed in French cinema and uh, but there's one thing that they would probably look at that and go ah yes the classic French uh, French policeman trope yes I get that I know what this is all about and it makes it makes the film so much better for it that you've got this you know, even when it's going to its its most ludicrous in that it starts moving a bit Hollywood or it starts moving a bit Hong Kong, you suddenly come back to the these kind of very European uh, scenes within there that, that are brought back by Inspector Tarconi. Funnily enough, um, this is a massive tangent, but uh, one of my wife's favorites is a is a film called uh, French Kiss, which uh, is a romantic comedy with uh kevin klein um i can't i think it's kevin klein meg ryan and uh the criminals uh he's, he's like a petty criminal but in france and he's pursued by this uh downbeat haggard french policeman played by jean reno and if you've seen french kiss it's almost like they've listed jean reno's character out of that and put it into the transporter it is it, it, it's just almost exactly the same person you can pretty much write if you're planning out a script and you're setting it in france you can literally write french detective and that point you can just that the, the character writes itself the lines write itself and there's just i love the bits where he's just coming in and he clearly knows that frank's up to no good so he's just there with a, a little wandering around, giving a remark, knows that he really doesn't want, neither of them necessarily want to be there, but there's a bit of a affection. And that bit, like, the, again, the bit that I really like in this film, when it started to get really action, suddenly you've got brought back where, where, where Frank and Tarconi are in the prison cell together. And uh, he's like, I could solve the case in 12 hours. And he's like, you're going to see him, doesn't need to say anything. He's like, hmm, okay. <laughs> you may have killed two gendarmes and stuffed them into the boot of your car. But yeah, yeah cool, no worries. I'll let you out. <laughs> super, super pragmatic. <laughs> it's great. Uh, I mean, I think this for me is one of the reasons why I love the Transformer in that without the Frenchness, it would have just been another, I mean, it is still a generic action film, but that Frenchness just gives it, gives it a certain je ne sais quoi. Uh, no, certainly. It's the perfect antidote to, to, um, to the Guy Ritchie films, isn't it? If, if, if you contrast and compare so them, 
if you get a, a, a similar time, well, well, Statham's just come from 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 Snatch, isn't he? Into into to to this one, it is such a a a, a, a breath of fresh air from 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 the from from the uh, between the, the 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 two films. So, yeah, that's what makes this film, though, isn't it? Is that it's a load of stuff not thrown together. It's it, it's it's knitted together and. and something that if you describe to someone would say well that doesn't sound like it works but you say well actually it does it really does work all right it's not lawrence of arabia but but yeah if you want to sit down and an excuse to 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 eat a huge bucket of popcorn then for god's sake put 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 the transport on it's an hour and a half out of your life you're not that busy come on (laughs) yeah and it does like again like when i look Terry, when you look at some of the other action films, and I've, I've mentioned The Tuxedo, we've mentioned Dying Out Day, I think Triple X was also so out that year, which, um, you know, I, I'm I'm fine with. But I think I'd rather, if you put down me like Triple X or The Transporter as an option, I'd probably go for The Transporter just because, um, I don't know, there, there's just something I quite like about it, probably just you know, in sheer undemandingness with the uh, with the Laos French uh, undercurrents to it. Yeah, I mean, as much as it is, um, I mean, by the way, I've never seen Triple X, which is possibly an an omission. I mean, I didn't see Tuxedo either, but that's because I'd heard it honked and I just so I didn't bother. Um, and I haven't I, I never got to, to Triple X. Um, but I, I just I just feel that this is movie is. Yeah, it, it's. It's in one part, it is like European Hong Kong martial arts. But you're right, the opening is like, this is this is the French look. This is like holding up a low-budget action, Hollywood action movie and holding it up to a French mirror and, 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 and seeing, seeing what comes, what reflection you get from there. And so it, so it does have, it has that whiff of European sophistication to it that probably only resentful Englishmen can, can, can detect when they're watching French style and thinking, you're just so good at this kind of stuff, aren't you? The, the car chase at the beginning is superb, beautifully orchestrated. Again, fitting into that theme of restriction and confinement, the narrow streets of Nice. If you've seen Subway, another Luc Besson film, the opening sequence of Subway has an absolutely fantastic car chase, this time in Paris. And also, if you've seen a film called Ronin with Robert De Niro in it, I don't know if that's a French copro or something like that, but that's also the, the directorial style of that, of that car chase in there is, is, is very, very... Again, I think that's in a sort of like southern France town also um and it, it, it's it, it's and it's got lots and lots of energy and it feels like this really lovely slick french action move french take on the action movie but then suddenly decides it then wants to go to hong kong on you and that might be why people you know people who don't like it don't like it because they might feel that that jars or they might just say it's shit you know but that, i think that that's that's the kind of movie that it is so yeah it's it is chucking an awful lot of different genres there into this movie. As I say at the beginning, I think in an attempt, I think because I think Luc Besson is ego is big enough to think I'm going to, I'm going to create my own subgenre of action cinema here. You know, I'm going to say there's going to be a whole slew of other movies that are going to get made all paid for by the French taxpayer, you know, in the, and I will be the architect of it all. But actually what he did was he successfully, he did launch a sort of moderately successful franchise. Yeah, he did. And um, Graham, I think one of the things that this does well, as, as Terry said, yes, it does. It leaps between genres with with a fairly gay abandon um, throughout the film. But at the same point, when you look at when some other films try to, um, I guess, shoehorn in other genres into it um, and Primarily, I'm thinking in my head of Man with a Golden Gun, which was James Bond's does Kung Fu. Um, they don't always come across particularly well, whereas <laughs> this, I think, knows even, and we've talked about this with Bond as well, this film knows what it is and what it's trying to be. And because it doesn't try to be anything else than what it is, it probably succeeds on the terms it set itself. Yeah, if you pick out 
certain elements of this film and say, yeah, the, the opening scene uh, has a bank robber shooting one of his accomplices in cold blood because there's too much weight in the car. Uh, and it really it developed but the story develops into something about uh human trafficking and and also organized crime and, and you might think bloody hell this sounds really deep and that sounds, sounds really like stark and horrible and I, god <laughs> when, when, when really it's like like the sun is shining in every scene in this film and and even when his car blows up it, 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 there's, there's some there's some there's some fun there isn't there um yeah, even the darkest moments of this film, and there are some pretty, pretty horrific mm. dark moments in this film, are, are played for laughs. And but in the same way that as as I keep coming back to the the the, the, the Tom and Jerry violence, you don't believe it's actual violence. It, it they, the the scene with the axes could have been frying pans. It could have been anything. A piano could have fallen on their head at the end of it. It's, <laughs> it's that that kind of of uh, of, of thing, but. One thing that I've I was thinking about throughout, throughout, and think of the timing as well. Is this around the same sort of time as Grand Theft Auto Three, when when GTA Ooh. went three D? Um, when we we remember it on when it first came out on the PlayStation One, when it when it was a top down view and it was just driving around town, and the, but then the game changer came when it was in three D and it was all about driving. Also, there was a video game called Driver. That pre that predated that. Oh, man, that that game was awesome. Yeah, yes. that, now that that comes out before that, and you wonder how how much that influenced that. This film was was actually influenced by a series of BMW um, shorts. That's right. Yeah, um, that's right. Back in the early <laughs> yeah. days of of, of the Web 1.0 interaction, wasn't it? Before social media, the um, they they made these ten minute short films to go out on to be shared on the internet. Um, okay. Which is, um, you know, which is how we, 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 we come to, to the end of sell through, even because it, it starts coming people to the idea of downloading videos or watching videos on or watching films online. Um, but yeah, I wonder uh, what, what, um, how much this is picking up from the games that are around at the time or how it's, it's influenced the games and how films going forward because, um, we're almost what did two films into fast and furious so there's a bit about that these driving films where where the narrative and uh and the action is is sort of quite choppy but you know people come here to watch a film that's got lots of highly choreographed fight scenes or drive scenes or action scenes uh and have a bit of fun along the way so yeah you can drop in stuff like shooting your your accomplice you can look at uh, quite really horrifying things like human trafficking and and use them in ways that don't seem like you're being glib overly glib um but still allow you to have fun watching an action film at the same time i don't know am i am i thinking that oh, gary come come in yeah i mean it's interesting what you say about computer games as well because actually um it suddenly reminded me that before the transporter Luke Besson had done um, a or, or had was involved in a film uh, called Taxi, which uh, launched a very successful franchise as well. It's a French film. It was uh, again a very typical Luke Besson film of a of a basically a, a taxi driver working off working with a policeman, and he's a you know zips off all over the place again. It's confined. It's it's great knockabout fun, but actually there's a lot that you can see that came out of Taxi. The, I don't know how many game studios saw it or or anything else, um, but at the same time, you could kind of see with with Taxi that yeah, Driver. There was Crazy Taxi on the Dreamcast. Um, there was um, you know yeah, Grand Theft Auto Three. All of them for me, you can if you watch Taxi, you can see a lot of that that kind of. Um, style come through all the way and the transporter is essentially taking some elements of taxi and then just going into a, a slightly different direction yeah just linking about i've just, I just uh, for the benefit of, of of listeners i've just shared the wikipedia page of the driver game on playstation and if you look and if you if listeners look up look that cover up and and you'll see. I've stopped sharing it now because I think it uh, might be messing with Graham's iPad. But I mean, it, it's it, it it's it's got this. It's driver. The logo is not dissimilar to t- Transporter, 
um, and this sort of like image of the of a, of, a, of, a, of a silhouette of what is clearly a baldish, you know, besuited man um, is is and this is in 1999. This this game is is made um, is released. I played that game to death on the PlayStation One. I adored that game. And so, yeah, I wonder if I, I completely forgotten about the existence of that game until you mentioned it just now. And I wonder how much of it is they've is that it's definitely tapping in to something like that, isn't it? It is worth just bearing in mind that this 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 film has technically apparently well, technically only one director, but apparently there are two directors that um, uh, Louis Leterrier, who is credited as the artistic director is like was actually in fact the co-director on this movie and that might explain the join maybe he did a little bit more of the european stuff um in the meantime um Corey Yuan who is the veteran hong kong filmmaker doing doing the the back end stuff more of the back end stuff and the, and and focusing more on the on those martial arts fights or style fights so that might explain the 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 the, the slight joint. Mm. I mean, Graham, you can. I mean, again, almost kind of running in parallel um, a little bit with video games, which uh, which loved a sequel and loved sort of pumping out new versions. You can, it, despite the uh, the some of the issues that we have pointed out with Transporter, um, it's quite easy to see how this actually turned into a franchise, isn't it? Well, it's it's got all the makings of it, isn't it? Really, it's it's got. Um... It's it's got a character that you want to know more about, that uh, that someone you can expand upon in so many different ways, uh, and and obviously has a huge backstory, and and you know you could you could go anywhere in Europe, around the world even, and you could you 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 will find stories that he's been involved with or will be involved with, and beautiful women for him to sleep with, and. Yes, of course. It's it's an it's an easy make this franchise, and as, as for, they they could have turned up to him and say, "Look, come back to us every every two years, and we'll and we'll just make another one of these in in a more exotic lo- location than, than the last." Um, but yeah, it, it's it it it's more about what the uh, what the public was ready to consume, and I I wonder if they um, had this may been made. Five years ago, would would they would there have been uh, a uh, five five years earlier? Would they have been an up a ramping up of 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 all the the um, the sequels that that came after it, rather than more of a tail off? Uh, and I think that's probably down to timing as well. Um, I I think that it's it's very interesting what you say about the 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 uh, he's the answer to Vin, to Vin Diesel for me as well there's a lot of uh van damme in this as well um in this in the style of 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 how he's 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 you know approaches it and the sort of the the slight sort of comedic eyebrow raises as well to um in the middle of, of the fights um because they're really well executed but of course it keeps the, the the lightness and comedy there which is is obviously something of of hong kong cinema coming through um but obviously by this stage van damme was in his going straight to video stage of his career, mm. this is sort of like post Universal Soldier Two. This this guy was it was a long way away from from Bloodsport. This one, so he he's gone through his whole his whole range there, and and I wonder with this sort of like move off into into this period where we are seeing the franchises start, lots of franchises. Um, kicking off around this time you've got the fast and furious stuff but of course you've got the marvel stuff just kicking off uh and 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 of course luke besson goes on to do the the taken one there's what how many i don't know how many films i know there's three at least of those ones but um and as well that starts a genre and a tv show as well and a tv show the take taken tv show as well yeah there's a a transporter tv show as well which ran for two seasons on on channel five Believe it or not, it was on Channel Five. <laughs> <laughs> why would why, why on earth would you say that? Why, I, 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 so is action movie landfill going to be a a, 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 a a podcast strand about films that suddenly had a had a series on Channel Five in the last five years or so? <laughs> 
Well, I'd say that was up to you. Guys. <laughs> 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 well, we'll kind of we've been talking a lot about the transporter, and I think it, it's probably a um, <clears throat> it's probably a little bit of a reflection of the film that yes, it, it has its problems, but there's a lot to to talk about. There's a lot to unpick, and there's a lot to enjoy. Enjoy. Um, and one last thing, that I'll probably kind of end and come to you, Terry. Like this, really was the film that essentially launched Jason Statham into that that career that he's got. Before then, he had been, you know, he's had those, those appearances in the Guy Ritchie films. But this was the point where you can kind of see that if, even if that film hadn't necessarily, like, succeeded um, in the terms it set itself, you can see why Hollywood would have gone, oh, yeah, we got another potentially, you know, low budget mid-range action star here who you know he can carry this off yeah we can we can build a few more films around it and build a few more films around it they did yeah absolutely i mean the the, the remaining um transport films are of dubious quality it's got to be said the second one is is actually genuinely poor and the the third one is basically a remake of this one i didn't actually watch the show but statham goes on to enjoy uh, you know, a a, a a a great career. To be fair, and I, I mean, we Graham mentioned the Fast and Furious. Of course, the state enters the Fast and Furious universe, um, and with some. I mean, I've not watched all of those movies. Um, I've got to say, but I mean, uh, my wife is is a is a. What else do you say that uh, that that for you know. For in her stocking, uh, this Christmas will be the 2023 Jason Statham calendar. For the third consecutive year, let me just say that. Um, so, so we have watched a number of. I've watched quite a few Statham films. Um, and and the, the Hobbs and Shaw is a is a cracking movie, absolutely cracking action film. Um, and that's a franchise that just doesn't want to die. And I mean, he's he's managed to just, in a way, I think that Steven Seagal failed and. And 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 Jean Claude Van Damme failed. He's not gone straight to video. In fact, as he's as he's matured, he's taken on you know more interesting roles. I mean, The Meg is a it was a hugely successful film, um, for example. And resolutely, they've decided, and they're still not doing a sequel, sequel to. And he's he, he and I mean he he carries that film. I mean he plays a, a a complex character. I mean he's he's not he's not a great actor, but again like Arnie, he's kind of he's he's found out where his limits are, and he sticks to them. And I think on I don't listen to many interviews of him, but he I mean he comes across as being ultra ultra professional. It's like he will be directed. Like, I am not an actor. Tell me direct me, and I will do what you tell me to do because I'm a professional. No, it's okay. And also, if he was the next diver, he knows exactly how to work within certain boundaries and limitations because you know he's a diver. That's a dangerous thing you can do. You can literally die being a diver. You know, so he's so he's got discipline, and, and that's one of the reasons why I admire him is because he's a he's a he's, he works hard. You know, and he does the job. He probably does what he's told. I suspect he's not low maintenance at all. And again, he, but he and and he's he seems to have had that career that similar action film stars maybe of of, of yesteryear never quite managed to do. And you know, he's, I'd say he was still probably big box office now. Well, he was great in Spy as well. Spy is brilliant. Yeah. Spy and Spy is a film of substance, and he's he's decent in that too. He's been in some other stuff too. Yeah. He's. Uh, I also think as well that he's probably made some very smart choices and again this i think probably speaks to, to who he is because i uh, he turned down doing like future transporters because he was just like i haven't seen the script i don't know if it's going to be any good and i just don't really want to to just commit to something and churn out something which is not necessarily going to be um that good or that enjoyable for anybody i think he's got a, a good awareness of what a entertaining script is or what he could bring to a, a particular project and the meg again he would probably look at that and go yep i know exactly where i fit in and then you've got other films that are like crank as well which is is a ridiculous that's, film. that's an amazing, amazing film, film. Yes. yeah it's a brilliant one as well but again you kind of look it you look at that and you go yeah that is statham knows where he is and knows his genre and knows what the kind of roles that he wants to take um, I, I think he's clearly got a very good idea. If not, I've got to churn out a film 
ever keep my fans happy or you know i'll just take these projects in in here because maybe i haven't had a decent script which you know seagal had you know a lot of clunkers and and there are very many things i think with seagal that just kind of uh just wandered off van damme as well i don't think necessarily picked the right kind of scripts but Statham and and again i think it's you know, he's not necessarily Arnie, who is, but Arnie also had that um, eye for taking a good script and a good project and clearly knew what he was was doing around it. And I think Jason Statham's got that same kind of approach to it in that you you get him the right project and he has a pretty good idea of what he can bring to it and why it could be potentially successful as opposed to just like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to knock out another film in here because I haven't done one for a year or so. Mm. Um yeah, but so Graham, this was this was a transporter. Um, it's uh, I, mean, I think we we've all enjoyed it a lot. Um, it, it's at the edge of where we've kind of said that we would take action movie landfill in terms of uh, areas. But um, I always kind of ask, has this film left a legacy? Probably not quite as much as as other ones, but it it certainly has left. Um, it's left an impression on cinema in in some way, shape, or form. I think it's fair to say for a low budget fr- uh, francophile um, Hong Kong action movie. Yeah, yeah. I I think it. I'm just trying to say, is this important? Is this an important film? Is this a, a film that that's worth rescuing from from the landfill? And I I'd say yes, it is. I I'd say I'd say yes because of the elements in there. It may seem strange now, but this period of time, there was a lot of this Hong Kong influence in cinema. Uh, you look at the Bond, uh, at the Bond franchise itself, and when you're looking at um, the the next one we're going to be talking about, an odd job pod, uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, uh, which has got the influences there of of, of Far East and cinema there as well, and and a lot of this was down to the transition from of of Hong Kong going from UK control over into Chinese control and so Hong Kong cinema there was a lot it was a very uneasy period for that but it also meant that a lot of Hong Kong directors were going to work in in Hollywood and they were influencing so many things of course Tarantino obviously looked at at those 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 films loved them all consumed them and there were people just trying to make it so this is probably at the end of that sort of like love affair, brief love affair affair with with Hong Kong cinema. Um, but as such, it's a very important one of of a French version of of it and and how they they see it, and also as well how this sort of genre of cinema just got into the mainstream because. This is the way. The, the, this is another one of those little conduits in which it goes off into other films, into video games, and the fact that we don't know whether or not it's influenced by video games or it influences video games just shows how intermeshed it is with the zeitgeist. How it, it is just all part of the the whole big soup of ideas and and what people want to consume at the time. So I think, as far as that's concerned, yeah, okay, the the whole plot and the idea doesn't bear too much scrutiny but the whole idea of the film and the and and how what makes it work and what makes it enjoyable i think certainly is and it's certainly worth watching and recommending to people to watch i i enjoyed it terry did you enjoy your hour and a half with the state did did uh, did your wife enjoy an hour and a half with the state uh, I was uh, I had I watched it uh, during an afternoon and uh, and she was doing other things and she walked in and saw me watching it and it was embarrassing it was like I was being caught doing something unspeakable she was all I was doing was watching a film she said how dare you watch a Jason Statham film without me but I said it's for research dear it's for research um I, 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 we could broaden this out a little bit and if you wanted to this is a kind of this is it's 2002 it's a year after 9/11 um, movies, action movies are, everyone is thinking culturally, everyone is going, what is going on? What's happening? What's going on? Everything's upside down at the moment. And you could look at films like The Transporter and say that it reflects the chaos, this 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 chaos. But I think Graham's analysis is much, much more accurate. You've got this, you've got these slight geo or fairly substantial geopolitical shifts that are having an effect in the movie industry and 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 we're seeing more influences and the, and and 
you know, the transporter is an attempt as a mishmash of different cultural styles, um, not necessarily native to, 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 to France and French cinema. And, and French cinema can be notoriously inflexible when it wants to be. Um, and so to be able to do this, you know, and make it work and make this ultra slick action movie with a just about serviceable plot and just about serviceable acting um, and some, you know, and, and chuck in a, you know, a memorable Clouseau style sort of like French detective to just like, you know, carry it along a little bit and provide the exposition and move the plot forward a little bit. And then you're, you're well away. And it, it, it's a, it, it's, it is a, I think it's a classic of its genre, but it is a very specific genre of film um, that, that, I, that I would say. But I mean, if you are, I mean, it, it, but it's a classic in the genre in the way that films like Under Siege are a classic of the genre, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's, it, is, it, it is still very much, you know, a low budget action flick and, should, and needs to be regarded of that. I, I don't think we should, any of us is here to, to elevate this movie beyond what it is. Um, but it is a fine example of the genre. Um, and and has um, and yeah, I mean, I don't think it has a, any kind of meaningful legacy. I don't think it necessarily influenced other films apart from its sequels. But as Graham said, suggests it it, it represents a lot of stuff that was going on in movies and in gaming um, and probably in comics actually as well in other other forms of popular culture um, that 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 and and does it really really well. It just hits that sweet spot, and it was a hit. It was a successful movie. Yeah, and it, it, it is that point. It's a, it's a film of the zeitgeist. And, you know, that's why we're discussing it. And that's why I think it, it elevates beyond landfill into into something that uh, is certainly, you know, I'd say well worth, um, you know, an hour and a half of your time. If you happen to be uh, watching Channel 5 or ITV4 and it came on, it's not one you would go, mm, I see what's on the other channel. You'd be like, right, OK, I am perfectly happy to settle myself in for the next uh, next 90 minutes and see where we go. So I think we can definitely say this is is not landfill. But um, should we talk about, our, our, obviously, we will be uh, also doing Tomorrow Never Dies as well. Um, but Graham, should we talk about our next action movie landfill? Um, it is your turn, I believe, to pick the film. So uh, what film will we be watching next? Right. Well, I thought we'd go, we, we've, done one from the beginning of our sort of nebulous range here for uh, action movie landfill the celebrating the the era the golden age of sell through um so and that and that was lethal weapon and then we come to the sort of the end of it you know when just people start getting used to the idea of hey hey i can go on a peer to peer network and i could download a film and watch it for nothing Ha, 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 ha. Let me get onto Napster and see where I can get the transporter from. Yeah, that's that. That so that's at the other end. So I'm going to go into the middle, and I'm going to go. We've we right. So 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 we've had Gibson. We've had Statham. I'm going to go Cage. Okay, the 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 joining of Bruckheimer and Cage. I'm going to go to 1997. Con Air. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> oh. Of course you are. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. Put the bunny down. <laughs> Come on, you know you're going to love it. <laughs> oh, I I am uh, yeah. I am very much. How, what was the last time you watched that? Come on. I genuinely cannot remember. I don't think it's probably been for a good 10 maybe even 15 years mm, yeah i don't I, 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 much this. I don't think i've watched it this century so um yeah, I think, i'm ready for it now <laughs> let's let's bring it on i mean if you want if you want action movie landfill i think you you've got the dartboard up there and you've thrown and you've hit a bullseye graham um <laughs> I am. I'm very much going to be looking forward to to Connor. It has been a very long time since I've watched that film, but uh, boy, I think that deserves a podcast of its own. Uh, Terry, how are you feeling about uh, about heading up into the sky with a load of criminals and Nicolas Cage with a mullet? Well, it, it, it's it's just a regular week on the odd job pod. Is that holds no terrors for me, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. 
Well, um, I hope that you are going to join us for for Con Air. I hope that um, if you haven't gone and watched The Transporter in a while and you've got a, you know, hey, we're coming up to, to Christmas time, you'll get a bit of downtime. And if you kind of find yourself stuck for a little bit, just flip over onto Disney Plus and you've got The Transporter on there. And you'll probably have a, a very enjoyable evening if you just don't want to think about things. Um, and at the same point, uh, you can enjoy the, the classic tropes of French cinema. because, And then you can say that, you've, you know, you've had a highbrow evening. What did you do tonight? Well, I watched a French film. And you're like, oh, yeah, hidden depths to this man. I did not know. Um, with that, I will leave you, dear listeners. Um, and... Uh, we will be back both with Action Movie Landfill and the Odd Job Pod. In the meantime, please do just uh, go across to the socials. Please. And if you like this podcast, please do uh, leave a review. Let other people know about it. If you if if you know other people like uh, like Terry's wife, who are a big Jason Statham fans, perhaps they might want to have a listen as well. So uh, yeah, well, it leaves me to say thank you very much for your time. Thank you to Terry. Thank you to Graham. Uh, and thank you, listeners. And we hope that you have enjoyed your trip through uh, the French uh, Hong Kong action movie genre, of which there is probably only about three films in. Thank you very much and goodbye. Goodbye. Ciao, ciao. Of course, we didn't we didn't mention the fact that Rick Young is Lao Shea's son in uh, Temple of Doom. Oh, I, knew, I wonder where I recognise that dude from. <laughs> he was terrible, though. Yes. Well, we knew that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, the character was terrible. He was literally a people trafficker. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> he's he's, he's been in a million things. He's 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 like the Burt Quok that no one knows the name of. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what's going to just be on his gravestone? Not Burt not Burt Quok. <laughs> yeah, he was also in um, You Only Live Twice as well. So, Rick yeah. Young was in your own live twice. He was indeed. Uh, it was in. Uh, uh, it was an uncredited uh, one in there. So yes. <laughs>